Hello and welcome to the Sovereign Collective Podcast, where we bring you real raw truth for your self-empowerment. I'm your host, Sasha Calavota, and I believe that you can stand on your own two feet, but that you don't have to do it alone. I love learning from people who continually strive to raise the bar, to go against mainstream thinking, and who dare to question the general consensus. People are risking ridiculed or even risk the loss of their professional status as they bravely question the common narratives and challenge the rest of us to expand our minds and to reconsider what we think we already know. Join me in learning how to take control of your health and your mind so that you can have the energy to think more clearly and the confidence to step up and take responsibility for all aspects of your life. We promise to never censor here because I believe you are strong enough to hear the real raw truth to make up your own mind. If you like what you find here at the Sovereign Collective Podcast, then please share with your friends and family. And please also consider making a small donation on my Patreon page so that I can continue to bring you amazing content so that we can all create a better future. I so appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. And now, on to the show. Hi, y'all. This is Sasha here for two quick announcements before we get on to our interview for today. First of all, if you are looking for quality supplements, quality tonic herbs, some specialty food items, and you're in and around Calgary, then please go check out Lotus Herbal Health, a great family-run store that has two locations in Calgary. You can find them at lotusherbalhealth.ca to find out where their locations are, or you can shop online and they will pretty much deliver anywhere. So quality supplements, tonic herbs, great staff, check out lotusherbalhealth.ca. Secondly, I want to announce the relaunch of my program called Your Conscious Pregnancy and Parenting Guide, which consists of experts in their fields around the world on consciousness and parenting and education and nutrition and dentistry and homeopathy and more. This is a program I created after my son was born about 10 years ago, a little bit more than that. And I am now very concerned after the events of 2020 for our future generations. And I believe the time is now for conscious parenting and for conscious parents to rise up and take, to take back our pregnancies and our births and our parenting and the resilience of our children and of future generations. The time is now. We change the course of history by changing the course of our future generations. And we do that by consciously raising them, consciously birthing them, consciously conceiving them, feeding them good food, and taking back the responsibility of raising healthy, well-adjusted, robust people. Resilience. It's time to build resilience. So please go check out sovereigncollective.org forward slash get the guide, sovereigncollective.org forward slash get the guide and you will be able to check out all of the amazing material in there. And for now, at the time of this recording, it is at the ridiculous price of 47 US dollars. It will be at that price for a little while longer, but not for too long. So this is January, 2021, when I'm recording this. So if you, you are hearing this much later, it won't be that price anymore. But if you've heard this earlier, it is that price. And it is well, well worth it. It's time for us to understand how our worldviews are formed, how our self-views are formed, and how to impact that and how that impacts the society on a whole. So check it out, sovereigncollective.org forward slash get the guide. And now on to the show. Hello, everyone. This is Sasha here with another interview for the Sovereign Collective podcast. And my guest again today is Elena Tonetti Vladimirova. 
of birthedintobeing.com and the director of the amazing movie, Birth As We Know It. If you haven't seen it, I don't care if you're not having kids, if you're pregnant, if you're thinking about getting pregnant, if you are a grandparent, it doesn't matter. This movie is amazing and it's applicable at any age and stage because it's it explains why the world is the way it is and why we are the way we are. There's so much insight into that movie. So it's amazing. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. So highly, highly recommend it. Um, so today we're going to talk about the original interview that we talked about. We talked about birth trauma and healing the birth trauma and the, the power of, of the birthing process and the quality of birth and how, as Elena puts it, people making has such an impact on the quality of people making has a has such an impact on the quality of our civilization. And it's huge. So I think we need to really pay attention to that to help create the world that I think many of us would love to see. So today we're going to talk to Elena about her views on the current situation and where we're at and how that relates to, you know, other times in history and just get some insights about where we're at from her point of view. So thank you, Elena, for joining me once again. Appreciate your time and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. I am happy to have this opportunity. Um, and today I wanted to speak about our history. Like, what does it have to do with us right now? Well, it does. It does, because history has its way of repeating itself. And we are unfortunately not learning. We're forgetting everything. So no, we're not. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, what I will bring to your attention has been happening in every century, on every continent, in every country, um, but I will not go uh, really far. I will start with one of the most um, significant event in our recorded history um, that happened in France in August of 1572. Uh, Catherine de' Medici was running the court with her husband, Henri, of course. Um, at that time, France was divided. Um, the population was either Catholic or Protestant. Given the fact that they were all French and they were all Christian, that division between slight way of interpretation of how exactly we, we worship Jesus Christ led to unbelievable slaughter and um, genocide against half of the population basically in France overnight. It was called historically the night of Saint Bartholomew that's in English, okay. Um, it sounds different in French. But what happened then was that one tiny action led to uh, just a slaughter overnight. Um, to be more specific, um, Catholics were fighting for power against Huguenot, uh, Calvinist Protestants at that time, that were a strong presence and a lot of influence. There was a lot of wealthy people, aristocracy, 
um, and one of the very influential national heroes, um, <clears throat> Admiral um, Gaspard de Coligny. So it was the time when the Admiral Gaspard de Coligny was a very popular national um, military figure. He was a hero, he was very sophisticated, um, charismatic leader who had a lot of influence in France. And Catherine saw him as her um, competition, basically. So she ordered his assassination and eliminated her competition, but also she blamed Huguenot on, uh, in that action. So good Catholics, uh, one of which was the Admiral, he was Catholic. So um, Catholics got so upset, enraged, activated with their, with their hero, their leader assassinated by uh, Protestants that the night was established when they all got up and just killed everybody. In one night, Paris lost 6,000 lives, which in that size, in that time, was basically half of the population. Wow. Uh, which means that it was neighbors waking up in the middle of the night and storming into their neighbor's house and slaughtering their neighbors, their bakers, their maids, their, their, their friends of their children. Their, it was really that insane that all of a sudden good Catholics would get up and become so massively charged with the bloodthirsty action out of nowhere because they really didn't have anything against those neighbors and bakers and, and um, you know, seamstresses that just worshiped Christ slightly differently mm -hmm. than they. You know, they were friends, they were neighbors, they were living together as a community. And all of a sudden there was this voice that told them, they are your enemy. And just like that, they were willing to act on that. And it didn't stop there. It spilled out of Paris. The slaughter continued for months until um, France became purely Catholic. It was really um, a big, big event in human history that showed this mechanism of mass hysteria to its uh, finest, how easily it triggered and how um, it, logic just goes out the window. It doesn't take much to override common sense, override habits of certain communal behaviors, override even uh, morals and behaviors because Christianity is the opposite of what happened, right? But yet it just was part of our history that we cannot cross out. We can forget about it, but then we keep reliving it over and over and over because it keeps repeating that mass hysteria is so close. It doesn't take much to invoke it. 
So I um, invite um, everyone to be really vigil and not let the fear reign because all of it is is driven by fear-based um, explanations, mentality, slogans. Um, just generally be so misplaced in, in out of your own integrity and your own power that somebody is telling you, kill him. And that's enough. Like what happened, um, another big, big event that had enormous ripple effect all over the globe, Russian Revolution, 1917, when a small group of criminal element that called themselves Bolsheviks, it was a truly small group, but how did they take over 11 time zones of Russia? Russia is 11 time zones. 11 time zones in Russia? Yeah. It used to be when it was Soviet Union. Now right. it's only nine left. But um, <laughs> yeah. But how is a small group of basically um, the not good guys? How did they uh, raise their hand against this deep, rich, established culture? It was a very um, strong way of life. It was, um, you know, it, it was a very established cultural, moral, religious, um, domestic, economic, very strong um, um, way of life. And all of a sudden, uh, they stirred up and they played on this lowest instincts on, on let's fight for our freedom. Let's fight for our freedom. We don't want to depend on the existing cultural norms. We want our freedom. And what happened, the, the small, um, small ripples were growing bigger and bigger until there was a, a civil war basically um, between the people who were trying to protect the existing way of life and the, the anarchy that the Bolsheviks were bringing. So it, because they were really outnumbered, they used the same kind of uh, approach as Catherine de' Medici. They would um, kill some, um, they were called the whites, the army of the Tsar, the, the, the state army was called the whites and the Bolsheviks were called the reds. So it was the war between the whites and the reds. So the, the, the reds would kill the whites, take their uniforms, uh, come to some small town or village and destroy it, uh, rape the women, burn the buildings, but not the people. They would just um, do ho horrible things and then they would leave and then come back in their armies of reds and save the day. They would stage uh, that they're rescuing the people from the atrocities that they committed earlier, but in different uniforms. And it all came out when the archives were opened up 
they, they were sealed all this time. But in the perestroika, in general chaos of um, the Kremlin going from one, one hand to another um, in the 90s, all the archives kind of spilled out and got disappeared and opened up and 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 um, the truth about what actually happened there became public knowledge so they would come as rescuers and people would say please stay protect us in the name of their safety they were willing to keep the the the, the criminals ruling them and it was the, that moment when the Reds would patronizingly say, okay, we will stay, but you will have to give us everything you have for that. You know, as in complete contradiction to what they were promising, you know, let's free ourselves so right. we can have what we have and not have to give it to aristocracy. And now they were saying, okay, we'll protect you from them, but We'll take it. Thank you very much. So what what makes people not see that and fall for it? Like that's that's what's just blowing my mind right now. It's like they get things like it's it's hidden in plain sight. <laughs> like they're there, it's right there, and they fall for it. Exactly. For exactly. It? Over and over and over. And the key to that answer is education, knowing the history, understanding the bigger picture, being able to think for yourself, being able to learn, being able to uh, question authority, being able to see the, the, the underlying, like to read between the lines. And for that, you need to uh, just be taught to think and what happens for example here in the united states when my daughter was going to school i was watching in horror the curriculum of the american school shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and shrinking every year there was less and less and going into Russian school, I knew how much the student can take in in one school year. And when I would look at her curriculum for the coming year, I would be like, uh, there is a mistake. Where is the rest of it? <laughs> you know, and and it, it was mind blowing because from her curriculum was eliminated the history of the world, only history of the United States left, which is not much, geography of the world, only geography of the United States, literature of the world, only literature of the United States, the languages, the, the hi historical cultures, the, the history of religions, of, of uh, everything that I had in my school there was just a remnants of that and if people only know what's around them there is no ability to create a context of any events then what's what tv says goes it's really difficult to put in perspective the, the any kind of events put the dots together you need to have a bigger picture so the, the 9-11 when it happened in 2001 and um 
I was like, mm -hmm. that reminds me of something. There we go again. And, and when I said something on that day, I was saying that doesn't look right. You know, it's because if it was, if it was what they say it was, it would be so different. If, if it was a really terrorist attack, then they would go for maximum damage. That means they wouldn't attack at eight in the morning. They would attack like when all the big guns are present, right? When all the important people are there, which is much later in the day, when there would be a lot more people. That was the first clue. But then, you know, more and more was coming out. And it's like, wow, that's a totally staged uh, event. And when we look at what followed, how American people willingly gave out most of their constitutional rights following that event, willingly in the name of their safety, yeah. they were surrendering their rights and um, America, United States had unprecedented levels of surveillance and uh, search allowances and all kinds of, we, we lost a lot of freedoms. And uh, it, having said that, uh, again, that pales in comparison to what's happening right now with this lockdown, with all the crazy stuff happening it's like you have to laugh oh or we're gonna cry how do you even begin to to put the two and two together if you're uh, if you're listening to only one channel if you're listening to something that you're habitually um interesting with your source of news so um, it's the summary of it all is that um, we never really have the fullness of information. The people are never informed about the complete picture. There is just no way because the complete picture is so multi-layered and multi-dimensional and so big and so unsightly, I might say, mm, mm. because it's always, no matter what kind of disaster is happening, there's a handful of people who become multi-billionaires and millions of lives are destroyed. It's the same dynamic, but it's just staged into different stories and different scenarios and different ways of interpreting it. Because when um, the United States invaded Middle East after 9-11. Uh, all the country songs, you know, the singers were singing, we're fight our boys are fighting for our freedom. What? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, how did our oil get under their sand? <laughs> <laughs> Strange, yeah. <laughs> And somehow it didn't um, raise too many questions at the time. It's, it's shocking how few it did. It was shocking. Like so many, like a building crumbles instantly under a supposed attack, perfectly aligned, right? And then another one goes, and then another one goes that doesn't wasn't even touched by a blade. Like, 
the it, it's the brainwashing it just shows how deep it is because you can have a ludicrous situation out there and most of the population doesn't question it and that's that's what is blowing my mind like right and now that is how they don't question it that is how you know all those our boys you know they were told to march there and kill and be killed and there was no objections they were heroes it, it's it's everything is so upside down, upside down. Mm -hmm. uh, in the official line the 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 official historical interpretation of what's happening right now 2020 is uh, hindsight and well 2020 well it's interesting we're talking about theater and the acting and upside down. just look at today is the, which didn't even plan it it's the day of the inauguration another big theater taking place right now which is i just can't even believe it's gotten to that point so in your mind what do you see what are some of the tactics that you you see that are used repeatedly like there's pattern people need to start recognizing patterns there's patterns to all of this right, right. there are patterns that are used because they work yeah and the patterns are uh give some slogans some uh easy to remember and digest and repeat phrases that become like mantras uh what i notice with this pandemic uh it's the mantra is science and facts science mm -hmm. and facts yes. the statistics the numbers are rising the um the doomsday is coming in you know the and if you ask any um professional in the field of statistics they would tell you firsthand that statistics depends on who is paying for it mm. who is counting and how is counting so with the same situation you can get any variety of numbers as an outcome depending on where you put the margins mm -hmm. the crazy thing is though right now the, the numbers don't even seem to matter there's no mathematical evidence of a pandemic but exactly. the yeah, science, but they don't matter. It doesn't matter, right? But when you present it like, uh, like the way it's presented here, that numbers are rising, and that's the thing. When when statistics can be counted, you know, you can count it within this margins or this margins or this margins, and all the outcome numbers would be real, true numbers. Mm -hmm. You can't argue with that. They are real numbers. Here is the document. But when it comes to health and human body, numbers cannot possibly reflect the real situation because all people are different. Their pre-existing conditions are different. The causes of death are different. And those numbers that are justifying this crazy lockdown they're really not holding water but the numbers have some kind of magical effect they're repeating like mantra self-hypnotic mantra that numbers are rising numbers are rising mm -hmm. and um and yes numbers are rising first of all the population is rising uh, the numbers of the population so every year we have more deaths 
and even those numbers that we have now if we count within the specific parameters more real parameters they are still not exceeding the the normal numbers of some kind of seasonal flu uh, we had epidemies of seasonal flu of pneumonia of grip of uh, uh, <clears throat> all, all kinds of viruses we always had viruses we never had time when viruses were not um, around us to upgrade our nervous system on a regular basis that's the thing i think that the viruses exist to um, spike the immune system upgrades that we have to have some exposure to um, new elements to create the new um, microbiome within the system that allows us to uh, evolve and survive as a species because uh, okay this virus but it's not the last one there will be more new one coming and they will be stronger and stronger because they evolve as we evolve our ability to fight it they evolve within their own world too they have their own self-organizing intelligence and um, the they want to survive too <laughs> the legitimate species on this planet we can't just kill all the viruses it's not that you can't even that's a losing it's we have this idea that we can outsmart nature whether this is natural or whatever created in a lab but we have this feeling that we can outsmart kill it's like rather than living in that harmony with and together right it's it's we just have this warring mentality yeah and i think the majority of people never knew how many people are actually dying every year mm. every year we had um, when the pandemic just, well, pandemic, so-called pandemic started in March, the first thing I did was uh, Googled what is a normal death toll from flus and pneumonias. And uh, I got answers that the norm was from 250,000 to 600,000 a year. Mm -hmm. Globally or... Globally, Global. yeah. Okay. So that is a very big range. Mm -hmm. 250, 600, right? And when it was 600 in the previous years, nobody screamed pandemic, nobody stopped all life, all businesses, all schools and sports and, and cultural life. It was just a normal spike and it was, you know, people are sick. Uh, pe people were dying, 600,000 um, people would die from it, and life goes on. You know, nobody stopped for it. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it's probably this year is exceeding 600,000 because there is also that element of mass hysteria. When we get sick just because we kind of give our consent to getting sick because everybody's supposed to get sick. You know, the, there is that 
mass hypnosis into the the state of fear and danger that makes us very susceptible if it you're into, that, it into the field right it's in that field and that's that resonance right. yeah if you're sitting alone in your house in a mask watching that tv that just blasts you with all the horrors and numbers and statistics and footage from um, you know how they're just um, shipping the dead bodies everywhere and I looked for it exactly 10 seconds and I felt like it was trying to alter my perception Absolutely. and I walked out of the room um, but there are people who watch it many hours a day. Mm -hmm. So there is a very strong um, in infection going on from mass media that, that is a real infection to make it look much bigger than it is. And I know that I am probably upsetting a lot of people who have loved ones dying. And I am sorry that that people are losing their loved ones. I am just, my heart goes out to them. I wish they didn't. I wish they knew how to, how to protect themselves and withstand the, um, that um, whatever got them. But that, that's the thing about humans. We are mortal. We are dying every single year of our life and all the thousands of years before us, we were dying. We were never not dying, right? Never. Yes. Well, the bodies are dying. The, body, the, the, yes. the bodies are mortal and we all have expiration date at some point and there is <laughs> no way um, out of it, really. It's like, it's gonna happen. And, but it, we still have a lot of a lot of voting power in a way we go and and the quality of life that we are capable of achieving because when i see somebody driving alone inside their car in a mask i just quietly take a breath and send them my love because it means that this person is in so much fear alone in their car in a mask mm -hmm. that's really uh, a, an incredible compromise of their immunity because you're breathing into the petri dish basically the mask is a petri dish yeah. and um, breathing your own exhaust is not healthy and people who are just hiding in their homes and not allowing themselves to go into the sunshine into like the mountains to breathe to pump the um, energy in the lungs and the body to eliminate the ashes from the tissues and cleanse the blood and of eating good good uh, diet resting sleeping because I know some people who are completely letting go right now because they don't have any schedule and they're just sitting alone watching TV, binging on ice cream and uh, switching, sleeping in during the day, watching the news at night. And it's, 
Mm -hmm. I just want to say, hey, what I want to say is that there are many different realities. That is the nature of reality, that it's very multi-layered, very multi-dimensional. There is nothing that is just carved in stone, that this is the science and facts. Any truly science person knows that there is nothing carved in stone in science. Mm -hmm. And that facts change as we uh, change our perspective on how we extract those facts and our capacity for extraction of those facts. So um, what's true now is never true tomorrow or, <laughs> or the day after tomorrow. It, it's really uh, important to understand. Well, you're, you're asking me and I am sharing my point of view. I'm not saying that that's the truth. I am saying it's my truth and every person has their own truth. And that is exactly the nature of reality. I per personally, with everything that I am, don't believe in objective reality, that there is some kind of reality that is, it is what it is for everyone. No, because we're all different and we all create um, the world around us to a different degree that is reflecting our attitude and our choice. What kind of reality am I giving my consent to. And the more mastery you can afford in your life, the more mastery you can afford in navigating how you run your energy, the more chances that you can actually uh, affect uh, your surroundings and become contagious in your quality of presence in your inner peace. It's a cliche, but it is, you know, that inner spine, that, that emotional um, tranquility that only comes from the intimate connection with the source from which you came. I'm not talking any specific religion or deity or God, what, whatever you call it or how you want to envision it. There is some kind of supreme intelligence that, that is behind <laughs> all of it, all of it. So where are we coming from? We don't have to disconnect from that place. And if we're disconnected, we can restore and recover the connection with that unseen time space, timeless, spaceless um, space and between spaces. You know, how, how do you describe it? Our human mind doesn't comprehend, doesn't have a language to mm -hmm. grasp the true nature of infinity. But we can establish 
the reference point within the nervous system, how to be connected and source the energy from it and allow ourselves to be nurtured and replenished and um, guided and be advised from that place in, in, in you, that place in the center of gravity of your beingness that allows you to really discern what is right, what is wrong for you personally, not right and wrong for everybody, but you can only be responsible for yourself. So How somebody you... who's in that fear, somebody who's way off track, somebody who's so disconnected from their inner noise. How do they get to that reference point where that's what I'm so shocked about is that it reality doesn't matter. People are being told what to think despite their actual, but there's no bodies collecting. Most people don't know anybody who's been sick. It doesn't matter their actual reality. They are being told what to think and, and to ignore what's actually happening. How does someone connect with that reference point to reset, to go within? In my experience, I wish I would say, you know, listen to somebody's opinion or watch a movie. Unfortunately, that doesn't work. When somebody is deep in the hypnotic trance of a specific kind, um, only that which put them in the trance can get them out of it. So there is nothing you or I can say that will make them see things differently. That is the whole point in life as a shamanic journey. Every soul has its own uh, turning point mm. and you have to come to a certain place, certain dead end within your own system to understand that, oh, there is dead end. There is nothing for me here that I probably either just stay here and die here or I need to go search for something else. And unless a person is at that point, there is nothing you or I can do. And I kind of feel like that's where we're at as a human collective. We are, we're at that dead end and we're going to, are we going to see it? Are we going to see that? Wow. This isn't getting us anywhere. Look at what's going on. Or, and, Cause I really feel like if this would be called off today, it was all hoax. Oh, sorry. We didn't mean it. We all got it wrong. I think we'd be going back to what we did that got us here in the first place. And I don't think, we would change. Like we have to be brought to our knees sometimes to make that change. And for some people, it'll never happen. Not in this lifetime, might not. But I feel like that's that's where we at as humanity is the scum needs to rise to the top and we have to see this. It needs to be revealed. So it's just that nature of humanity. It's so frustrating sometimes. It's like we have to suffer to see. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> Why can't we just get it? <laughs> on our own you know it's just oh I don't know where it's where do you see this going do you see us do you have a prediction or do you have a feel for where this is going do you care what 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 do you see with where we're at right now I see that those who are ripe to wake up are waking up in unprecedented numbers and it's working 
a lot of people are at that dead end point when all of a sudden they're snapping off that hypnosis is not working anymore because they reached the, the bottom there there is nowhere to go staying in that place so that's what i see and i also see that um a lot of people are still walking towards it and they're pretty far from um from um, reaching any kind of turning point and what i know is that everyone really has to make their own decisions it's not something that you can make that decision for somebody else no that is a, a nature of the soul's journey that nobody else's experience or expertise or opinion matters until it's a moment of ripeness the moment of truth when okay here i am i want to know mm. i want to be i want to love it all comes down to the capacity to love a lot of people are still looking for the experience of being loved asking demanding bribing placating pretending just to get somebody to like them or or you know be a companion the reality is that the soul is truly after its own ability to love its own ability to open and and experience the richness and bliss of capacity to love unconditional just capacity not somebody specific for something specific just the ability to love regardless what others are doing or saying or not doing or saying it's 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 not about who deserves my love it's about me being able to to exist in that state of surrender and connection with the source and and openness and well, great vulnerability in that place so it's really uh in the hierarchy of values that's the one on the very top and in the hierarchy of fears the one on the very top is uncertainty because it's much easier to live with discomfort how many millions of people right now are willing to be alone not without any touch without anybody to hug anybody to smile with anybody to cook dinner with anybody to just connect just in any form Mm -hmm. willingly um, isolating themselves out of 
fear of, of perceiving other people as like bags of germs. <laughs> that's, that's, it's a very sad state when everybody else become just a bag of germs and, and uh, fear of coming into close contact. That's, but that is less scary than the uncertainty of going out on the street without a mask. Mm -hmm. Uncertainty of connecting with somebody and having a cup of coffee with them, having conversation, giving them a hug. The uncertainty of what the tomorrow brings. And that is the same uh, mechanism and state why abused women stay with their abusive uh, boyfriends or husbands. They, they know that reality. It's uncomfortable, but the stepping out of it is too much uncertainty. That's scarier than, than the threat of being killed on a daily basis. So we are now in the top percentile of the, of the fear pyramid. We are in that great transition, great uncertainty that activates our collective birth trauma. As a species, we have a collective birth trauma that is extremely activated right now. It's never been that activated because of the scale. You know, there were wars and uh, elements and all kinds of tragedies that activate our birth trauma to different degree. But at this point, the entirety of the population of this planet is activated and triggered. So how does that look? What do you mean when, when in con more concrete terms, what does that look like when our, the collective birth trauma is activated? Well, in order for to neutralize a birth trauma, you need to activate it really quickly, quickly. <laughs> quickly then you need to actually deal with it and uh, introduce a completely different range of frequencies and there it comes in we're in the extreme polarities right now because more and more people are uh, activated into that state of um, awareness and that quality of presence that is required to activate it and greatly it is on the behalf of the young ones, the new babies that are now born that are not disconnected from the source. See, that's the thing. Um, when we are born, we are meant, we have the capacity to maintain the connection with that from which we are arriving slowly throughout the nine months of gestation, we are um, forming, literally, we're forming the body, but we are still maintaining the connection with that from which we are emerging, from that parallel reality, parallel universe, however you want to call it. Mm -hmm. So as we are born and, uh, fully emerge into this reality, we don't uh, have to disconnect from it, but we get to 
disconnect due to the sensory overload on the exit because we go into that extreme experience of uh, you know, all our senses get short-circuited because of how the delivery is done. And um, we are shifted into that stupor, that dissociation uh, state that is well studied and well known in the field of psychology that, uh, you know, if you're shocked somebody, they go into this kind of, um, you know what I'm talking about, the state of dissociation. Yeah. So from that place, it's work to get back in that sense of connection. It's work. It's possible, but it has to be um, provided by the mother, by everyone who is around, by the whole environment. It has to be very soothing and gentle and lots of holding, kissing, touching, all of that. It, it's, it's a very kinesthetic experience to get back into our senses. Uh, you can't think your way into it. You, you, you can't read a book about getting that. That's the problem with a lot of um, spiritual traditions that they're too heady. There is so much mm. of uh, words and ritual and, and what one must obey and do. And, and there are so many rules that uh, it fails to connect the emotional body. That is actually the pathway of the connection, our emotional body. And most of the uh, world's religions are saying, disconnect your emotions, detach, ignore them, um, you know, abandon, the, it will be good when you die. <laughs> right, wait till you're dead, don't worry about it now. <laughs> or it will be good when you get out of your body. You know, going to Nirvana, you have to practice 20 years sitting with your naked body. Right. Oh, in the cave somewhere and then you you learn to get out of your body and that's where it's good but that's not what we got the body for mm -hmm. to try to get out of it because the body doesn't have a long shelf life it will expire soon enough and we will be in that nirvana and that that um, bliss that we're after but how about creating it right here because this earth is so gorgeous. It's so beautiful. I'm looking out the window right now. It's just, it's breathtakingly precious and beautiful. And it has everything we need for us to be happy and live in peace. We don't have to fight. We don't have to compete. We can really build a life of cooperation and mutual admiration society it, it's uh, we already tried everything else yeah yeah have we done the mutual corporation everywhere at cooperation i don't think we have <laughs> you know i i want to i want to ask a question so we're talking about that you've we've activated the basically the global birth trauma and that should hopefully be a short thing and then we need to go in and heal it and maybe give it a new reference point. So with the baby, we could, with they, they come in, it could be a traumatic birth, lots of touch and healing and skin to skin and breastfeeding and love and, and no separation. So now I'm seeing this, we're talking about how do we heal this, this human global scale birth trauma 
we're separate, we're afraid, we're like all the things that we need to heal. And I don't think this is by mistake. I think this is clearly by design because we know the things that add to longevity and for mental health. But what do we do? How do we heal the global birth trauma that's been activated? That sounds like a big job. Well, one person at a time. And also uh, we never were as a species in such um, such favorable for that position because right now for the first time in human history we have a critical mass of people who are uh, aware and awakened and not disconnected in the 80s there were just a few pioneers here and there that could be really counted um, quite easily. In the 90s, it was already thousands. In the first decade of this millennia, it was millions. And right now, we have finally, for the first time in our history. You think so? You think we're there? Yeah, critical mass of the, the proportion of people who are really tipping the scale. It's uh, most of them are still very young and they didn't come into their full power yet. So they're not counted as full presence, but they're here, they're holding the, they're holding the frequency they're, They are um, anchoring that healing energy you you look at them it's like look at <laughs> your boy <laughs> he's mad right now my boy is mad by now because he knows he's aware of what's going on so right yeah. so that's the thing they are fully aware of the dynamic they don't know their power yet we still have you know, a few years for them to step in fully into the game. And I think maybe uh, a lot of what's going on right now is kind of geared to slow them down. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. But well, that's the thing, you get the young, you remove them, you separate them, you traumatize them, and that's how you get that. But it just gets easier with every future generation, right? Exactly. So. And it, the, it succeeded so far, but now it's in such numbers that they have each other. They have each other. They have um, the sense of rightness of their being in the body at this time on this planet. Now, in my generation, it was uh, being born in the, into the body was kind of a punishment. It was... Uh, you know, you were sent to your room. You were, it, it's like, uh, yeah, you, you're in the endless will of samsara. You, you are kind of, when you are enlightened, you're not born anymore. That's the, the word on the streets, right? Right. But it's so 80s. <laughs> 80s was an ugly decade. Let's get over it. <laughs> It's a very outdated um, view on the incredible privilege, incredible opportunity to own the body and 
uh, and the reason for owning the body at this time on this planet, it's not an accident. It's not a punishment. It's a very, very deliberate effort of the spirit to own this body so it could be used in the name of love. Hmm. And it gives me solace to think, to, to, to remember, this is intentional. My son is here for a reason right now. I am here for a reason right now. We chose to be here right now. This is not some freaky mistake. It's, I, when I choose to remember that, it helps to bring me solace that, okay, it's right, right. it's for a reason. Right, but remember I was saying that the nature of reality is multi-layered. Yes. So that you are saying that in the layer in which it's true, but it coexists in the same timeline with all the other layers. And there are layers in which it's hell, mm -hmm. where all the realities of all the horrors of the pain people are capable of inflicting mm -hmm. onto each other are real. It is their reality. All the and there is layer where the diseases are real and rampant, and there are layers of of horrible domestic violence and horrible um, abuse, sexual, abuse. emotional, yeah. that is not related to any uh, war zones or any catastrophes of elements. It's just the domestic um, dynamic that is pure hell. There are infinite amount of realities that are in the same timeline. So saying anything is anything is true in one of those layers. No matter what you say, there is a layer in which that is true. Mm. So in a sense, anything you can think of is real. And whose reality is real? My friend who is spending his days absolutely terrified watching the news and he, and he is saying my fears are based in reality and i'm saying look out the window right that reality that is so real is called virtual reality and that virtual reality has virtual science virtual facts virtual imagery virtual volume of fear and when you look outside, my reality, I just want to turn my computer. <laughs> <laughs> let's see, let's see. Oh, froze. Oh, oh, there we go. Can you see? Yes, beautiful. Yes. Yes, I choose that reality. There we go. Yes. <laughs> that is. Uh, and I personally don't even know who is sick or knows somebody who is sick. Actually, uh, just last week, a dear friend of mine, one of my graduates actually from my course um, in Los Angeles, she had a father who died with the official diagnosis of uh, COVID. 
but it's a very strange story that um, she just visited him in the um, home, the, what do you call in English, the old folks home? Nursing home. Nursing or... home, yeah, sorry, I forgot the, the word. It is my second language. Yeah. <laughs> so she visited him, he was perfectly fine. And all of a sudden, a couple of days later, he is calling her from the ambulance saying, I tripped and I fell. And for some reason, they're taking me to the hospital. I am not even hurt that much, you know, the, just a pack of ice. I was just doing fine. But they decided to take me to do x-ray, took me, so come over, meet me there. She got there and he just died. What? Because when he got there, they plugged in, uh, just automatically plugged in RV with a morphine uh, for pain even though he was saying that he is not in, not in, in pain. And um, he overdosed instantly. No, but and what do you mean? And the, the diagnosis was? And the in the line of cause of death, she has COVID. Oh my goodness. Is she saying anything about this? Is she fighting this? Is she? I, I just talked to her. She is still so grief. Absolutely. Yes. And, and just kind of in, she's in LA. Uh, by the time I spoke with her, she was not able to like talk or do anything. She's just dealing with the funeral, with all the, um, so, but the thing is, um, they said, yeah, we had a test and he showed positive unbelievable wow this is the criminality of what's going on there's a so this is talking about statistics and numbers and yeah. how they're rising because right. uh it was uh, he was 92 he was not a spring chick exactly but he was totally fine he just had a little accident that you know And the, the test showing up positive, you know, it's, uh, there is a lot of questions about that test because it's so vulnerable to the timing and uh, how exactly it's done and how many cycles they run that test. Are you, you're aware of this. Very much aware of that. You hold it a lot longer and it just gives completely distorted, untrue, um, 35 cycles or more can be 90 upward to 95% false positives. And there, in my province here, the premier had said a while ago that they were using 41 cycles. So basically any positive should be just thrown up. Yeah, yeah. And how can the severity of the measures that are taken depend on something so whimsical and unreliable and uh, questionable. <laughs> and why is it that millions of people are not willing to see it? And I, that, that's, that's the Yeah, we're back to the drawing board. It's yeah. very, um, very, complex situation where I am. So what I'm saying is that the, the game is 
really polarized right now. We have extreme fear on one hand and the critical mass of self-aware and awakened, spiritually activated people embodied at the same time. So it's a very potent it is moment in the history of humankind. Are we going to finally learn from history? I mean, there's you just spoke of a couple of events in history, but I mean, repeatedly over history, right? They used to over and over and over and over again. When the the ruling party does not have an excuse to achieve what they want to achieve, they create the excuse. That's the summary of all the dynamics. That uh, let, let's stage the excuse and act on it as a saviors, as as uh, as rescuers, as uh, you know, the answer to people's problem. Yeah, it's old as a world. It uh, started in ancient Egypt, ancient Rome, ancient Greece. It was exercised by everybody who who had the power. And, it, and that's the thing and people and that's and that's the crazy thing. Everybody's listening to their government. Who are the biggest tyrants in history? It's the governments. It's the people in power. It's the leaders and yet we accept it over and over and over. And it's so funny. People think they have the authority to tell you how to parent your child, who you can see when it's like we give them this authority. Nobody has the authority. Nobody has this divine authority over me to make my decisions for them, but we just gladly give it away. But those are the rules. It's like, just because somebody sets a rule doesn't mean it applies to me. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'll create my own rules. Thank you very much. I'm not harming anyone. I'm not, you know, I just, I'm flabbergasted by our, our ability to be manipulated. But that's the thing. It doesn't take much. Remember Dr. Spock that told the mothers that breastfeeding is not good? No. And millions of mothers hid their breasts and wrapped them around and put them away. What, what in the world? Maternal instinct is one of the strongest, biggest, most powerful, most vicious instincts right. in, in, in nature. And just one little guy saying oh no don't do that and they all stopped what <laughs> you know that's what i don't get it's and i think it's the mother's time to rise it's the feminine energy's time to rise it's that protector that nourisher that nurturer but i, I just i i have to let go of my attachment to the speed at which this occurs but i really believe and that's why i'm so shocked it's like where are the mothers standing up for the children, for their grandchildren, for generations down the line? Where are they? And where are the men that are here to protect their families? You know, I just feel like those masculine and feminine roles are being so muted these days that we don't know how to find them. Well, we need to raise those men that would stand by those women. We do. Be able to protect their children so the women don't feel alone. Mm. Mm hmm. Right. 
So what are your last thoughts on this? We've been going for a little bit. What are your last thoughts on where we're at? Your last message. In the meantime, carry wood. <laughs> carry wood, <laughs> cup water. Chop wood, carry water. <laughs> carry water. It's like, what else can we do at this point? We're just one step at a time, one foot in front of the other one project after the other just don't try to take on the world's problem because what's happening is impossible to to grasp for, for one person but carrying water chopping wood is including connecting connecting with with others who are able to hold the quality of presence and staying awake reaching out holding hands this is why i'm speaking with you this mm -hmm. is why i i am um, <laughs> giving lots of interviews actually lately because this is time to say something this is really um I don't know who will hear how they will interpret what I'm saying. I just know that I need to say that. I need to share my piece. I, I, I'm doing it because I have to, not because you ask, not because whether it will be heard or not. Um, it's just that piece is in me and it's asking to be uh, spoken. So other than that, I'm just helping my daughter take care of my grandchildren and taking care of my mom and the house and the land and and my friends and dancing i'm you're still dancing i am dancing Duh. absolutely i'm dancing i'm doing my best to keep my body strong resilient healthy um in joy in love in keeping my um, energy flowing unobstructed, just um, staying um, young in heart, even though the body ages, but um, I am making sure that um, I am really invoking my sexual nature um, because it's a very big part of feeling alive and present and um, powerful for a woman my age um, it's very important to um, keep my sexual energy alive mm. and um, so I, let's unpack that a little bit before we go let's let's end with that so unpack that a little bit more because you don't hear that very much. So that's something I'd like to go more into. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, sex is better than ever. <laughs> Amazing. Literally, literally, it, it is like, what took me so long? But... <laughs> and I'm very proud sharing that because nobody told me you know i was told that it just kind of dries up and falls out 
<laughs> and it doesn't have to. It can. Yeah. But it doesn't have to. With the proper attitude, with the proper maintenance, with the proper uh, respect of the sacredness of my sexual energy, mm-hmm. with um, um, my deep gratitude for it, my permission for it to flow, uh, I feel more sexy and vibrant now than I felt when I was, I don't know, in my 30s. Yeah. So how does connecting to your sexual energy and honoring that, how, how would that serve humanity if we were all to maybe explore that? How do you explore that? No, how, no. If we were to explore, say if everybody was like, because we're talking about, okay, let's do this, let's do this. Just how are we serving humanity by connecting with our own sacred sexual energy? Uh, it's very healthy for the body. Mm-hmm. And what's healthy for you is healthy for humanity. Okay. And it, yeah. it needs to be very um, respectful. It's not like, oh, give me some action and, and <laughs> it's as i said it's a it's a sacred energy and it requires a reverent attitude and uh, awe and inspiration to play with the, that um, with that energy and uh, the volume of joy and pleasure that it brings. It's um, the sky is the limit. It's never um, ceasing to amaze me how much more I'm capable of when I am really um, um, giving myself permission. Mm. That's where, that's where it, starts from just giving permission to be wild (laughs) be be um, you know not being held back by some kind of standards or limitations or i don't know whatever um, is the habit of holding back whatever holding patterns are uh, favorite uh, in this decade, revise them. Nice, nice. It's very, very important and healing to have that sacred energy flowing through your body. It is a powerful energy, absolutely. And I think it has the power to heal and to transform if we can harness it and really honor it, right? Really hold it as sacred rather than just uh, sex. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a means of connection and in a world where we need connection more than ever before. Yeah. And there is a, a kind of a gap when, when you're young and hormonal and sex is just, and it's, for the sakes of the experience, it's kind of bring it on. Right. But then when you have a child, when you have all the responsibilities, the household and your job and everything, and, and um, 
and just um, it goes um, down. And the bad rap is gotten because women don't really know how to how to um, build it up again after you're done um, with um, raising infants when the sleepless nights the milk production when when uh, all the toll it takes if you have few children and you're permanently pregnant for a few years mm -hmm. it's like um, all of that is out at uh, at a certain point uh, out of the picture and you're more settled with your career with your financial flow you're more comfortable um, with menopause the the threat of getting pregnant is eliminated so you don't have to like spend any energy on protection on worrying and and you the children are out of the nest and and it's uh playtime <laughs> nice well and play is an optimal state for learning and for transformation so i think that's uh that's that's amazing so people go explore it, yeah but it's a very different quality of uh the way sexual energy runs because sex for the sakes of sex is no longer uh relevant important interesting um, the procreational aspect is no longer on the table so then uh, you go into like okay full stop we already had full stop let's start from scratch learning the body language of pleasure the the language of love of true connection of and there is nothing to be um like ashamed of or um there is no like oh what he's gonna think of me or it's like none of it is um is relevant anymore it's just pure uh curiosity and experiment exploration uh learning there is so much to learn because there is the hormonal rush in the young years when just pushed people together and normally people end up not very skillful from mm -hmm. the age mm -hmm. and if whatever they knew how to do they might completely forget by the time all the sleepless nights end up <laughs> and, and uh, there goes that kind of um a loss of interest that whatever it was, well, what's a big deal? But then without the hormonal pressure and um, the any specific uh, need for a specific outcome, there is just being real with your body and uh, being honest with the body finding finding it and finding each other mm. in every way that can be enjoyable and pleasing okay well that's an up to end on i think we went from 
history and slaughter to finishing up with his sex and a few things in between. So this gets me going. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's amazing. That's amazing. That's an that's an alley I wouldn't have thought of, but yeah, it's important. It's some yeah. So well, thank you for all your different uh, points of view and you speaking your truth and hopefully expanding other people's realities and what they'd be willing to experience or to see as true because we need to look through I think different windows we get stuck so everybody I hope you enjoyed that talk with Elena she has a lot of wisdom to share birth into being is the place to find you yes birthintobeing.com yeah. birthintobeing.com so you can learn unfortunately no workshops right now or anything like that being done hopefully one day in the future we can have well, I, I still have the um, big 16 day training in Germany on my schedule you, you do this year it's still on the table but I don't know if it's going to happen I am holding a vision of it's happening maybe oh. we will loosen up the, the crazy rules by august um and i have a big group signed up for this training so we're all kind of holding our breaths uh, um, yeah. for what's the verdict can we travel can we um, gather because the whole venue is closed at this point mm. but um, it's uh, still on my schedule i'm holding it and if anything it's not cancelled it's postponed right but I hope that we won't even need to go that far. But um, also, um, yeah, well, there are hours of my interviews on my website, on my YouTube channel. So there is a lot more where this came from. Is Birth Into Being the YouTube channel name as well? Yes. Okay, so check that out. Seriously, you guys, if you don't know of Elena's work, it is powerful. It's amazing. I had her here in Calgary many years ago. We had a direct experience of that, but her movie is amazing. We can transform our earth and our reality and our world through how we birth and carry our babies and how we raise them. And it, we don't even have to worry about thinking about changing the world. We just have to take care of ourselves and our own families. And then it just takes care of itself. So, and I think this is such, this is why my, I'm so happy to be re-inspired to be educating around this and spreading what little part of that I can to the world, because I feel that this is, it's always been an important topic, but now it's more important than ever before to really bring forth, raise, support healthy, well-adjusted life that is, feels right in this world, in their own bodies to make their own decisions and make up their own mind. So, and that work is largely inspired by the work of Lana Tonetti Vladimirova, who is doing amazing things on the planet. So thank you very much. I love you, Sasha. Oh, thank you. I love you too. <laughs>